The presentation is called What is LBL? The LBL is an abbreviation, and I'm not going to open the secrets, but by the end of the presentation, you know what it stands, but you already probably guessed. So it's lives between lives regression. So the first slide is just a little bit about me. Um, I will start with the um, last bit where I said that uh, I'm actually a, a banker by education or financier but in 2015 i had um a, a, a difficult family moment and i really started to look for some deeper answers for myself and i have read a book by michael newton called a journey of souls and it was a magic how i came across this uh, book because a lady i have had a session with um she's a guru or a therapist she said why don't you read this book by michael newton and i thought okay well i don't know what is, this book is about but um you know how many books do we get suggested every day but every day for 10 days after this i woke up with the words michael newton journey of souls uh in my head and it was such a weird thing to wake up with this kind of message in my head that i've actually got out of my way, found, uh, went on the website and um, typed in Michael Newton and the book was actually in Russian available for free. So I read through it within two days and I was so amazed by the information that was given by this hypnotherapist who have discovered that people are capable of going uh, in deep hypnosis into this uh, state between reincarnations and actually talk about their incarnations and the lessons they're learning as souls in each life that just took my mind away but also i at that point i wanted to understand what were the karmic events and connections to previous lives things like that in order to bring me to this very difficult moment in in my life which at that point was full of suffering so i have been looking for a hypnotherapist myself and in order to do this uh, lbl but in fact what i have found um that when i arrived to uh, to the therapist she was british she's british a therapist she became my teacher afterwards and lived uh, in uh, italy that i had to do past life regression first and when i will be talking about the sessions that are included in lbl i will explain why this is important that's towards the end. So I had a transformative experience with this regression, very skeptical, very analytical mind, mine is and was, was and is still, but it was something very um, transformative, as turned out to be a little bit later. And um, as it's written, ever since my passion became to study, train and apply this powerful technique for the benefit of others. I have um, trained in 2015, 2016, and continuously training in order to um, improve my skills, advance in this, um, in this area. So uh, I have become a transpersonal regression hypnotherapist. Transpersonal means, although I'm a clinical hypnotherapist as well, I'm not spe uh, specializing in that. Clinical hypnotherapy is more when you have a problem uh, like wanting to quit smoking or weight loss where mostly um, the hypnotherapist doesn't communicate with the client. They discuss all the problems in advance and the hypnotherapist introduces the script like a guided meditation where they uh, in, 
um, I wouldn't say implant, but they basically discuss all the affirmations that the, the client wants uh, in order to change their life. And they're being read to them in, a, in this um, relaxed um, trance state, which uh, is supposed to be much more effective than if you just tell them, like we tell ourselves from tomorrow, I don't need chocolate or something. And how, how often does that work? <laughs> so, um, I am more transpersonal, meaning that during the hypnotherapy, I do communicate with a client practically constantly, and we do um, get the affirmations from the client in order to be uh, anchored within them at the end of the session. So if you have more questions, you can always unmute yourself and ask me during the presentation as I switch between the slides, okay? So the next, um, how do I go further? Ah, here we go. So what is hypnosis? Hypnosis is a scary word for many people because they feel that they're losing control and things can be done to them against their will. This is absolutely not the case. Hypnosis uh, is a natural and familiar state of our being. Uh, like we are absorbed by reading um, a book or watching a movie, driving without thinking. In fact, um, we are in this state when we wake up, when we go to bed. And in fact, these um, meditative states, our brain needs them even every 45 minutes. They stay for several for seconds or minutes in order to rest and come back to our normal alpha, beta wave brain activity. So it's actually all, you're always in control. It is just a, a different state of awareness, I would say, that um, it's a, a absolutely state of relaxation and focus at the same time. And during a hypnotherapy, what we focus on, we amplify. So we're really focusing on an emotion, on an emotion or um, um, or some kind of a feeling or pain. And it, in a way we focus on it and we amplify it. In daily living, we have lots and lots of signals and stories uh, running around our mind. We function on different levels and we are not necessarily in the hypnostate. But this, um, this therapy allows you to focus in one line and follow it with the help of the therapist. Um, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. And here I wrote, it is not a weak mind that is easily hypnotized. It's one that is strong enough to let go and trust. Um, it's absolutely true. We, um, a lot of people are a bit scared about hypnotherapy because they think that um, they will be easily hypnotized and uh, things will be done to them. Absolutely not true. I, there's, I've, I've done a lot of hypnotherapy and I haven't found yet more stubborn client than myself at the beginning <laughs> who wouldn't trust who who would um, try to wake up open my eyes and you know but my questions were I, I was at the, such a level of questioning why i'm here for what is this life about that i really you know this was this my skepticism was overtaken by this deeper uh, desire to for self-discovery um, and I'm very happy about that. I still have a very analytical and skeptical mind, but I do trust the messages that come with, from within 
um, not just during the hypnotherapy, but now uh, it's, it, it is something we call intuition, in, in fact. So how is hypnotherapy different from hypnosis? Hypnotherapy is the use of hypnosis, or this trance state, for therapeutical use, for therapeutical endpoint. So we can use that for finding a solution to a problem or assistance in goal achievement through what we call access to subconscious mind. I'm gonna be um, um, talking about this concept. This is just a concept that our mind is divided in different, um, different um, would say parts, but in fact, it's not parts. It's just a concept in order for us to understand better how it functions, how we function on a daily uh, basis. So a state of hypnosis is usually achieved when a person feels safe, comfortable, and relaxed. Um, similar to meditation and in presence of the therapist, it's very similar to guided meditation. In fact, with all the research that has been recently done that you know our intention, our focus creates our reality, a lot of therapists now, including uh, Beverly, a lot of sessions, whether it be a psychotherapeutic sessions or coaching, coaching sessions, they do include these um, uh, meditations at the beginning of the session or sometimes at the end in order to anchor the, um, uh, the findings during the session in order for the person to benefit from um, the therapy more. So today we started, um, as many now video conferences start, with this meditation which focuses us into a different state of being, existence, and Beverly beautifully led us through connecting to our core and in the end bringing us together into this joint collective, um, you know, community being that we pay attention to ourselves and to others um, during this time. And I am grateful for that. But this is a, a beautiful example of hypnotherapy in a way. So this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's not much different, except that the whole session is led like this. And everything that we discuss that will be done, um, that we want to explore during the session is in the pre-consultation on the one-on-one uh, -on -one consultation like uh, we speak right now. I would ask about um, the objectives, about the problems, about the, uh, um, the troubles and the, uh, how we would like to be if it was alleviated. Uh, so, it, and then we go into this um, state in order to explore the sources, the causes of problems and patterns, if they're destructive, or the resourceful state, as I will be um, detailing later on. So to be able to let go of your analytical mind, it's only possible once you feel safe in trust with your therapist. Very important. Of course, it helps a lot if the client has already had experience with these states of um, expanded awareness, if they practice meditation, if they pra practice even yoga on a physical level, it's also meditation and movement. Um, um, if they do it guided, if they do meditation in silence, if they do it in group, it's already, um, the client is already familiar with the states and they're already more in touch with their intuition rather than a lot of people that we still meet on a daily basis today that work, you know, from home to work and back and they're staying in the analytical mind all the time until holidays, two weeks, a, or four weeks a year. 
um, here is um, talking about subconscious and conscious mind. I will present in the next three, four slides the models that were developed by um, uh, psychotherapists, um, psychologists, um, about how they see the mind working. And these are only conceptual, as I say. A lot of people, as if you see, de um, describe um, the mind as an iceberg where we only function from the top 10% above the, um, the water. Uh, so where we have, where we make our plans, goals, where we um, strategize our daily life, but under the water, what we don't realize what actually is uh, controlling and in a way guiding our life is the subconscious parts where our emotions, um, specific beliefs from childhood, perhaps our cultural identity, um, different protection patterns that we've created through childhood. Um, so, and a sense of self-worth that was developed, um, they are controlling our life much more than we are aware of. For me, um, the way we were taught um, in uh, hypnotherapy is that there is this kind of, again, conceptual barrier between conscious and subconscious mind. I'm not going to be talking about brain waves or anything like that today, but um, just conceptually, very simply, uh, how... Um, it's not something that is separate. We are constantly functioning between these um, levels, yes. So when we're relaxed, we can go deeper. And when we're, we have to drive and be alert, we, uh, we're, you know, in, in alertness in our conscious mind, planning our routes, um, seeing the signs and so forth. So it is... Um, um, but these barriers are told uh, um, can be loosened when we are in a meditative state, kind of loosens when um, when our body is relaxed. So we we start to loosen this barrier and enter into the areas of subconscious mind. Also, of course, uh, it can be used. The substances or drugs can do the trick. And so it's, I wouldn't advise it, but it is also a way of uh, reaching our subconscious and looking deeper. Um, what else is there? Yeah, meditation, yoga, and hypnosis through relaxation of the body. Um, because, um, you know, once we relax our physical body, our mind relaxes and we start to be more in touch with our deeper self. So what is the deeper self? Uh, here, actually, there's a written out... So conscious is short-term memory, rational thinking, logic, willpower, judgments, conscious body movements. Subconscious, they even divide it into other parts. Again, it's conceptual, unconscious automatic body functions like breathing, heartbeat, digestion, immune system. We don't have to control it. We don't wake up and say, you know, I have to control my heart at this rate and things like that. Um, but there is one function that we can control. It can go automatic and it can be controlled by us. And that is a very good um, bridge to our subconscious. And what is it? And we used it today. It's breathing. When uh, Beverly used, um, you know, counted four times, uh, we were actually able to um, control our breathing. So we consciously 
although on a daily basis, 99% of the time, breathing works for us. Uh, it is working from unconscious level of our being, of our mind. So here, um, there is a super conscious, why did I, um, why did I uh, make it blue? Because we are going into there, once we're talking about life between lives. It is an area from where channeling and access to collective consciousness spirit, deeper wisdom, collective consciousness wisdom, and access to between lives memories. I will speak more about that. So here's another model. I mean, it's really different models. That's why I want to make sure, because I had a client recently who she was so, um, every time I would say the word mind or mental, she would say, no, 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 no. We want to subconscious, we want subconscious. We don't want anything mind. And, and I want to tell her, but subconscious is part of your bigger mind. So it's, um, but it was really triggering her because she really imagined it to be really two separate, separated parts. The one, the mind that works here and the subconscious, but not mind, subconscious that is working separately. So she really wanted to make this jump. And I was saying, you cannot not use your analytical mind because we're using the language we use to speak. So we're actually filtering this information through and it is part of your bigger mind. So here's a, just another, I'll let you read, but the, um, what they call super conscious mind, it's ultimate power, wisdom, higher self, God, source, intuition, knowing rather than belief, understanding the bigger picture, color capacity beyond space and time will not interfere with free will and another um, model that I found today is yeah why are we calling sometimes higher self there's like two different ways we can say deeper self or higher self so sometimes we can say our conscious mind is like this small then we go into subconscious and super conscious is our higher self and here you can see the functions some people say, you know, doing things from the heart is coming from your higher superconscious mind. If we're reasoning on a daily basis, it's from conscious mind and non-reasoning like body functions or beliefs that we carry from childhood and we act from those defensive mechanisms. That is more from non-reasoning part. So, and this is actually a model that was created by Michael Newton, who I'll be talking to about more in a minute, but uh, he, he's done the opposite. Um, he said the, the, uh, the deeper superconscious mind is like within. So when I'm using the scripts, I'm saying go deeper and deeper within yourself. Um, again, conceptually, this is how people just make the models. But in, the way, in what I want to um, emphasize, we have one big mind, we're part of even bigger mind, universal mind, and it doesn't matter how we draw it. Just have to be, I think our, this is my note, but I think in a way, our objective in this through lifetimes is to bring as much as possible from that super conscious it's subconscious on the surface so it's not 10 percent, but it's full 100 percent if we use the percentages but this is how 
our growth goes, right? So we stop functioning from unconscious robotic state and doing and reacting um, at things robotically how uh, we were used to, but actually bringing all those patterns um, from the under the water onto the surface and making them conscious and behaving consciously on a daily basis, whatever actions we take. And that's what they call acting from the heart, thinking from the heart. Um, feeling from the heart. So um, I will talk now more about Dr. Michael Newton. Um, he actually yesterday was he would have been his 89th birthday. Um, he died in 2016 has having done incredible research uh, through 7,000 cases, he has put together methodology and wrote two books. It's a journey of souls and destiny of souls. And then he made this life between lives methodology book for trainers when he's, when he was asked to actually um, create an institute and train trainers in order to help more people get into this state and explore their spiritual life. So uh, this is a quote from him. The superconscious houses our real identity, augmented by the subconscious, which contains the memories of the many alter egos assumed by us in our former human bodies. The superconscious may not be a level at all, but the soul itself, the superconscious mind represents our highest center of wisdom and perspective and all my life of, ah, and all, I don't know, I, I think I didn't copy the, uh, the quote very well, comes from this source of intelligent energy. So here he is. And how he was a normal therapist, very also skeptical and never uh, believed in anything. He had a spiritual inclinations, I believe, if we look at it, but he was very skeptical about even past life regressions. So when he was just a hypnotherapist to uncover childhood traumas, to reprogram them and to let people live their current life. But however, the more he practiced, the more he discovered that people would transgress or regress to previous lives that would explain their undiagnosable illnesses or diseases. And um, eventually his skepticism started to fall away. And one day he has actually um, tapped into um, to this different realm. Basically, I'll tell you the story. I think he, uh, and I think Beverly read it in the, one of the books, right? I, I gave you this one. <laughs> so there he, he explains yet again that uh, a lady came with a deep sense of loneliness saying that I am missing people in my life that I normally I should have, but they're not with me. I have this sense of loneliness. And um, he basically said, um, go to the place where you are with your friends. And she was in a very deep state of hypnosis and then she was saying oh there they are and he was saying so where are you are you in school times are you in past life and she said no i am not in any lives i'm in my this is my soul group so basically and the soul group reminded her that she's a big girl that it was a, her soul decision to live this life and mature without the help of her soul group members. So she did forget, uh, kind of, she had the feeling of being alone, but once she had the session, 
it reminded her and she woke up and she had never had a sense. It was pre-agreed, pre-planned by her own self. And, um, and she never had this feeling of loneliness again, apparently, according to uh, the feedback she gave to him after several months and years. So with, um, uh, what do I have here? Yes, regression to cause is something that many hypnotherapists can do. But however, um, yes, and with the help of hypnotherapists, and I do it as well, there's a lot of people who might come just because they are having problem with current situation, current relationships. Why do I not have any relationships with men? Um, you know, I, I, I had a, you know, last week I had a session where we didn't even have to go very far. Uh, I asked what, what is the first event where, you, uh, and she felt it physically whenever she felt this, sensed this loneliness and being separated from her boy, potential soulmate or boyfriend. She had this intense feeling of like um, a thread that is pulling inside of her. And I asked her, what is the first the first event where you started to feel this pulling and um surprisingly to her it was she said i i see myself on the school desk and i um i'm actually the boy that i like is passing me the um the note um and she thinks that it's a note for her but he's actually asking her can you pass it to your friend and she said, and it was so painful for her that moment of, and this, she says, this is when it's not strong, she said, but it started to pull right there. So we worked on that memory. And basically by removing that thread that is only has become stronger and more pulling throughout her life with every relationship, it just felt stronger that she's being rejected and not wanted and replaced it with another energy. And it was one hour session and we didn't have to go far. Of course, if she wanted to see if that was the initial source of this pulling energy, we could have gone further. But this was, I felt intuitively that was enough for that time. And she, um, she feels great. She sends me um, thanks uh, for this session and was um, enough for her today for that session. So it's, 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 it's a work with an inner child, or what we call inner child healing. So um, there are other types of regressions. We cannot only just go to childhood, but we can look at trauma in the womb. Sometimes, and I had a few clients who really perceive that the anxiety that they have in their life, they actually comes from their mother during the pregnancy. And they just, you know, by releasing that, it has already cleared a lot of their problems in life. They just released it and said, it's not mine. It's not mine. They understood why the mother was anxious. So this is um, the types of regressions you can do. Um, past lives also, we do carry on patterns of behavior um, from life to life. We are going into um, non-scientifically proven Although there are so many experiments right now and so many facts and research that actually it is not the consciousness that is a result, you know, of our physical body, our physical brain creates consciousness, but actually that consciousness is primary and our physical body and matter in reality is secondary to, um, to our intentions, to our thoughts. So when we tap into past lives, we're talking about now non-locality and timelessness of consciousness. So we are 
um, separating from the physical. However, when we do incarnate, there, is, there are certain patterns that come with us. So we can look at that and release that, and we can tap into the resourceful lives. And that my first ever past life regression was a resourceful life, which really what my, I think, analytical mind could take at that point. And I'm so grateful and was the most transformational to date. Although I had life between lives, also sessions, but past life was also very transformative. So the third type of regression is life between lives. This is the topic of our presentation today. Am I doing good on time? Okay, this is only a couple of uh, slides left. Also called interlife regression between lives or between incarnations regression or spiritual regression, spiritual regressions, different names. I'm not going to go much into the history of this um, therapy and research because it's just going to take too long. But many past life hypnotherapists and regressionists, I wouldn't call them past life regressionists, just general regressionists, they have stumbled on that. And when they pr printed their books, uh, they always would have a chapter on how their clients would go into the state, which was not in that life or this life, but somehow in between they could look even at bigger picture of uh, above their incarnations, what they're learning in this and that life, and kind of discussing it with some higher beings or with higher mind, having these dialogues and seeing even bigger perspective on the evolution of humanity, on the evolution of Earth, even other planets, even huge pictures like this that therapists love to hear. Because <laughs> it really answers such global questions that are beyond what is my next stage and you know step in life which is why people come and it's very important to answer these questions for them what is what do i do next but in the meantime you can get these huge uh, navigation experiences so um so yeah here we said what do i live for what is my life mission what is my plan potential difficulties in achieving into life regression yeah you know, sometimes a simple fear of death can block the session, but it can also be the most transformative because by actually allowing yourself, your body, your physical body to die and seeing where the soul goes, that, that by itself is a huge transformative experience. The fear of death can be itself huge can be a blocking experience but also a huge transformative experience it's like a, the soul open mouth once ready for healing ready for deep understanding of its true nature so it's you know i wouldn't say oh you're afraid of death no don't come <laughs> it's actually i would say please come <laughs> we'll explore that so of course um strict religious beliefs they had they made research and it was difficult for for monks, uh, Buddhist monks to regress because they really study this book of uh, death and, and they, they have their preconceptions and they cannot veer. You have to have an open mind and uh, therapists are trained to leave open questions. What's happening next? Or how do you perceive your energy now, here and then? So it's really allows the soul to explore and navigate on their own. And every session is very different because it, ha it has to come through the filter of person's analytical mind and they will see it the way uh, that is specific to them. Yeah, in the middle of current life drama is, 
it is um it can if i mean an example i'll give you is like if if a close member of the family has passed i mean and they've buried their dear one tomorrow is not a good time to come for lbl in order to meet their the soul of their of their loved one you know it, we would recommend three four months be outside this kind of traumatic experience or in the middle of court cases although i did have a client last uh, yeah this week who was in the middle of court cases and she did just fine she was so you know i thought she would be blocked because she wanted really specific why do i have such bad lawyers you know and um it, it surprisingly it went very well it's so it's uh, it can be a blocking experience because the soul is going through a learning experience and to get answers to the questions that she or he is supposed to actually live through is a, a shortcut that might be blocked they will not get the answers they want they will not they might not they might see their guy but not get the answers they'll just get a smile and and the assurance that they will get over it so um but not the specific, like, what do I do tomorrow? How do I write a legal letter tomorrow? <laughs> um, so what is LBL? Uh, you see this uh, watermark here. It is a copyright to Michael Newton's Institute that is training that. That's why the other schools who teach this technique, they have to use not LBL therapies, but between lies therapies and other things. So, but um, because um, I, um, I decided to do the Michael Newton training because it was the first book and I needed to pay tribute to that book and to the, to the book and to the methodology that actually brought me to this um, uh, passion, to this profession. And uh, so I did, after many years of past life and normal regression, hypnotherapist and clinical, transpersonal, I did do my... Um, hours and number of sessions in order to qualify to do the training with Michael Newton Institute. So it's a deep hypnotic process developed over many years designed to reconnect you with your soul self, your guiding beings, and thereby awaken an understanding of your mortal identity. A couple of explanations. A deep hypnotic process is the achievement of complete physical relaxation guided by suggestions given by the therapist but created entirely by the client, in which awareness is altered and the subconscious and even higher levels of the mind can be accessed. Developed over many years, the Newton method of LBL hypnotherapy is the result of more than 25 years of initial research by Michael Newton with over 7,000 of his clients and the Michael Newton Institute is continuing this process. And you got, I decided to yeah, use you guiding beings. Michael Newton's research enables him to assemble a model of the spiritual realm and the wisdom and the insights from this realm can now be accessed through LBL hypnotherapy. So, um, do the be do souls always follow his prescribed model of spiritual realm? No, in fact, um, in fact, I think the more the veil of our skeptical mind opens, the more we get to experience other lives and reincarnations in other planets which are beyond the the model of the spiritual realm of michael newton so you know the third third generation of hypnotherapists after michael newton we are trained to be much more open to the experiences that come from the souls because i think the souls get much more access and understanding 
of why we're here for, what we're doing, you know, big philosophical questions. So what, is an LBR, what does an LBR session entail? It is a two sessions. The first one can last in between two or three hours. It's a screening or probing session where we can, we are trying to achieve, to regress to childhood memories, womb and past life regression uh, mem yeah, memories. Um, this session can be very healing as well because we can put an intention and visit a life that would explain life or childhood memory or womb and we can stop at any point that would bring the most healing. And um, here I would test on hypnosis susceptibility, would release the blocks and we would prepare for an LBL, which is um, a longer session because uh, the induction takes one hour. Um, we navigate, the questions are open, uh, ended, and it's a, hard, it's, it's a, work, a hard work for the therapist um, and it's hard work for the client because to describe something very abstract and no time, no space into human words, but it's an adventure of its own. We, we are not even aware of how we're capable to use our language to describe such things, you know, and to, to describe the feelings that we feel while we navigate through lifetimes and spirit realm. Um, and um, before the session, uh, LBL session, there is a number of questions that uh, can be prepared that I will ask at one point um, and we can get deeper answers to them. So, um, so besides the energetic healing states that the client is in, they're coming out with something very specific, the answers to their questions, including the next steps, perhaps not the wording for the legal letter that they need to write, but some kind of an idea or sense what, what they should be doing next. So the, um, the, we were trained to do one-on-one, -on -one, of course, because the energy are very important, the exchange. However, with COVID, it has incredibly, beautifully, and successfully transferred online. With the headphones like this, preferably because these ones expire after two, three hours, with the headphones like this, uh, with the microphone and the cable and connected computer, Actually, I found that the hypnosis people go um, into their home, in their homes, uh, in their beds, if they're not disturbed by, of course, cat, dog, and kids, uh, is actually a very, ah, uh, I touched my, and now I have to, yes, um, it's, it's very, is is very deep and, um, um, and comfortable. So it works very well. Um, the recording of the session is um, provided. <laughs> Sorry guys, I probably know how to remove this. Because I touched my um, headphones. I don't want to open the music. How do I remove it? Ah, here we go. All right, so um, I have music, do you hear it now? I don't know what to do now. Hold on one sec. Okay, that was the solution. You know, I think that was actually a signal to me 
to go on this one. Ah, but it will not remove the music. Very sorry about this. Jana, on my screen, I can see the press the button down at the bottom left-hand side. Um, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, and there is no music, so that's good. So basically, um, sorry about that. I touched the headphones in order to show you which ones not to use, and it started some process that I wasn't aware of. But now you hear... Uh, the headphones that I work with and I encourage the clients to work with because they, the battery doesn't run out. And um, yeah, and these three, four hours of um, the session can be done in the comfort of their home. So, and then we have the integration of the session. It can be done after the session. Uh, and also I follow up uh, later on in a few days. And then of course, it's interesting for me to see the changes that the session brings in a few months and weeks. Um, yeah, well, the principles are very important. Confidentiality and privacy is always respected. So um, nothing is gonna be shared ever. And I'm, I kind of trained my mind to forget a lot of things unless uh, I need to bring up an example. Then of course I anonymously, like I did with uh, two clients today, I uh, never disclose any names uh, or details. The responsibility and non-judgment. Yes, um, this is very important for me, you know, and this is why I say my human rights work um, does has nothing to do with hypnotherapy. Uh, I cannot bring my personal standards or beliefs or values or goals into the session. It is a no-no and I have been trained and I've seen how my analytical mind at the, at the very beginning in 2016 wants to interfere saying, oh, I know why and what needs to be done in order to follow the process and to see that the client will find a different answer, much more relevant for themselves than my, my analytical mind, my experience could ever think of. So no judgment, no personal standards would ever enter into the session. Um, full disclosure and informed consent. Yes, I, we need to, um, I would ask a client to sign the paper, giving full consent, and I do need medical history or any drugs that are being taken in order to understand whether the person is fit to have this um, experience. Um, and uh, I think we are to the end of the, yeah, that's it. Thank you, that was lovely.